Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud. Speaker tune in and available for download on Apple and iTunes podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Remember, you can get in touch with us here at richsportstalk at gmail.com and, of course, on Twitter and Facebook using the handle Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here, and it's that time of year again. We've already discussed it before. We gave our Royal Rumble picks a couple days ago, and I'm happy to say we got them all right except one, the Men's Royal Rumble, but every other pick we were spot on, including the Women's Royal Rumble winner. So we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, and I want to give my recap of this year's 2019 Royal Rumble, which was a very good show, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching the entire thing. But I will say I did have some critiques of this show, a lot of positives, but a couple of criticisms. So I'll start with the positives, you know, always start with the good. The good is there was one division that stole the show. It was the women's division. The women's division was incredible for multiple reasons. Now, on the surface, it's pretty easy to see why. The women's division did everything they needed to. They had great matches, and they got, I feel, the best Royal Rumble winner they could have in terms of what the crowd wanted. Everyone wanted Becky Lynch to win that match once she got into it, and WWE had a great story with that, and they basically made sure that the man continues her march toward WrestleMania. So they're all in on Becky Lynch. I think that was a smart decision. But the thing I really loved about the women's matches last night was that it set up the division for the next couple of months with great storylines. But more importantly, it did something in wrestling that is incredibly hard to do, and I give them a lot of credit because it's not easy to do this. See, it's very easy to book a winner. It's very easy to book a winner based on it being a cheap, being a face, being a heel, it's easier to book the winner. What is the hardest thing, in my opinion, to do in wrestling is booking a loser to look good. It's very difficult to do that because they're losing the match, and you have to balance it in a way where they don't look bad losing that match, and they have something to look forward to moving forward. And the women's division, I felt, handled this masterfully last night. The first thing was the match with Asuka and Becky Lynch. Incredible match. And what did I say before on the preview show? I said that the women's matches had to put both women over, both in the Ronda Rousey match and the Sasha Banks match, but more importantly in the Becky Lynch and Asuka match because I felt that Becky had to lose this match, but she had to look good because Becky had is the most popular women's wrestler, and you can make the case she's one of the most popular wrestlers right now in the entire company. But Asuka's in a difficult situation because Asuka's credibility has taken a beating this year because she was dominant in NXT, but ever since WrestleMania last year, the company hasn't used her well, and they finally gave her the belt she deserved, and now getting a big Lynch over Lynch is going to just help her credibility moving forward. But more importantly, it set up what I predicted was Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble. And I'll get to the Women's Royal Rumble in a second. But on the Raw women's side, it was beautifully mastered too. I said Ronda was going to win because, look, she's going to be a focal point in WrestleMania. They're not going to take the brand, uh, the brand that she provides, out of the WrestleMania card. But I did say the match had to put Sasha Banks over, and boy, did it put her over. And I said it had to put her over for two reasons. Number one as a legitimate title contender, because she really hasn't been in the title contending scene 
for a while. And I think it was a shame because she's one of the best wrestlers in the company. And just I think the biggest thing I felt coming out of this match was you have to put her over in terms of the women's tag team division. I think the Royal Rumble was a really good testament to that for the women's division. You saw a couple of good teams working together within the match itself. But more importantly, I do think that they're going to really push Sasha and Bailey in that tag division and really help it. Even they don't get the belts first, I think that they're going to be the two big focal points in that division. So it set that up brilliantly, but it also put in for future reference that the rumors are Rousey's leaving after Mania, but if she does stay after Mania, at least now you've set that up with Sasha. You've set Sasha up as a legitimate contender. You remind people, oh man, Sasha is a legitimate title contender. And of course, Rousey looked great in this match as well. Um, a little bit of confusion at the end of the match for me. Now, everyone's saying that Sasha, when she came back, held up the four. It was for the four horsewomen. I wasn't sure if that was that. I know the four horsewomen of MMA, that was a tease that people were talking about. I'm not sure if that's going to come to fruition. The way I interpreted that was that she has had four title reigns, but that's just me. So, uh, you know, I think that was subject to interpretation. But then I looked at the women's Royal Rumble, and that was also masterfully built. Everyone had a big spot. They did a good job introducing the young talent from NXT. Um, they had some fun bits in there with, like, the horn swaggle under the ring. I thought that was really well done. And more importantly, in the Royal Rumble match, if you do it well, you can tell a storyline, even for a loser. And to me, Charlotte Flair... And Becky Lynch had the two best stories. Now, Becky won the match, but Charlotte, let's be honest, she dominated this match. She was incredibly in this match. You could see an aggression we haven't really seen out of her in a while. And I do think you're going to see her use this and use the Lana injury that Becky Lynch took advantage of to move her way into the title picture. And it kind of felt full circle because if you remember when Becky had the turn, Becky had the one-on-one -on -one shot, and Charlotte was able to move her way into that match and take the title. So this was kind of almost revenge for Becky Lynch coming in and taking the opportunity away from Charlotte. I still think it's going to be Becky Lynch versus Ronda. That's just how I feel that it would be the best, and you know, the man versus Ronda Rousey. I think that would be a great pop. And I do think it sets up Asuka with Charlotte because I do think Charlotte can parlay the success in the Rumble and also the technicality into a title match eventually. So I do think it set up Charlotte and Becky Lynch in the title picture. Now, could they do a triple threat with both of them? Uh, that's a distinct possibility. I, I personally would rather see the one-on-ones. But we've also seen them work well in the triple threat before. So I just feel like both of them had cemented their status as not only the top wrestlers in the company, but also that they're going to be on that WrestleMania card. On the men's side, it wasn't as great. It was still a great evening with great matches. But the men's division suffered from what the women's division did so well. The women's division... Had a great job. They did everything extremely well. And like I said, they did an incredible job of building the loser storylines moving forward. You have an idea of where most of these women are going and their storylines moving toward WrestleMania. The men's division is very muddled right now. Uh, my pick to win the Royal Rumble was Braun Strowman. And I'm going to get into him in a little bit because I have a whole big segment I want to talk about Braun Strowman. So the tag team titles 
I said before on the episode that I felt Shane and The Miz were going to win because they're both good on the mic. I think it, it adds a little spice to the tag team division. It makes it interesting. But more importantly, I said, look, Ronda's not dropping the belt. Asuka's not dropping the belt on the women's side. And on the men's side, Brock's not dropping the belt. And also, I didn't feel Daniel Bryan was dropping the belt. So when I saw that, I was I was thinking, okay, for a for a sorry for a pay per view to make it interesting, I think there has to be at least one title change. And I thought that was going to be the title change. It seemed the most likely, and that's what happened. Not upset about it, and like I said, we're ignoring the pre show because I was just talking about the main event card. But then I looked at the other two championship matches. First, I'm going to start with the WWE Championship with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Great match, very good match. Ending raised a lot of eyebrows for me because Rowan, I guess, makes sense because he Daniel Bryan had a cup of coffee with the Wyatt family a couple of years ago, but it just it seems so out of left field. And to me, people left that match going, "What, really? Okay, I I, I guess. I mean, I know Bryan's the heel." And with the heels, you want a distraction. But to me, I thought he had the perfect distraction built in. Brie Bella. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't know what Brie wants to be involved with the company. I don't know how much she wants to be involved on a weekly basis. But I just feel like if she could have done it, she would have been the better heel. Because I feel the Bellas have a little bit of natural heat because of the Total Divas show. I think some more of the diehard fans don't love that show. And you can tell when they've come back, they haven't ex- received the warmest reception since they've returned on a couple of occasions. But I felt that that would have been natural. It's his wife. You know, she's looking out for her husband. And I think it would have been a good heel turn because I do think the Bells can play a good heel. And I think Bree would be a good heel turn for her because really, for the majority of their run, Bree's been a little bit more of the face of the twins. So I do think it would have been interesting to see her as a bit of a heel. And I know it's kind of, we've seen it especially with Miz and Maurice, but to me that felt natural. It made sense. You you didn't even have to write anything or include any dialogue. It's, okay, Bree's helping out her husband. Here it's just, really? I I mean, are they bringing the rest of the Wyatt family? Is it just Rowan? Is him and Daniel Bryan friends? There's just a lot of questions, and you're like, okay, I have no idea where they're going with this. Could AJ Styles still be in the title picture? Maybe. Um, but I left that match saying, good match, but ending that just made me scratch my head afterwards. Then the Brock Lesnar-Finn Balor match I thought was a great match. But then I've noticed a trend with Brock Lesnar, which I don't know if it's because of his age. I don't know if it's... But to me, I've noticed a pattern is that these matches for him tend to be shorter. And they always seem to have him getting injured within the match and in the story of the match. And I think it takes away a little bit from his challengers because if they do beat him, then the excuse is, well, Brock was injured. He wasn't 100%. And they seem, and I'm going to, this reminds me of a theme we're going to get into with the Royal Rumble in a little bit in the main match. But. It just seems like they've kind of played that card over and over with Lesnar. Again, I thought Balor had a good performance. But once again, leaving this, I knew they weren't going to take the belt off of Lesnar. But I was thinking there'd be Braun Strowman interference because then it would set up that Balor didn't get a fair chance it would get a rematch with him. 
and having him beat Balor outright, I, I do think Balor still could recover, but it does seem to stall some of that momentum that he had. And to me, he had some of the most momentum in the company. And that leads me to the Royal Rumble match. Now, I have a big problem with how they handled Braun Strowman, but I will save that for last. I thought that the men's match and the women's match were interesting because one of the things that the Royal Rumble has relied upon in the last couple of years is surprise guest appearances, and they really limited that with some of the legends and veterans this year, which to some extent I liked. I do like it when there's maybe one or two uh, wrestlers who haven't been in the ring for five or ten years that are still relatively in shape that can come back for a guest appearance and just get a cool pop and like, oh my god, they're back. And I think that moment was a little bit lacking in this Rumble, but I do think it did a good job of introducing the young talent. But in this match, you look at all the guys, and I love NXT guys and the women, but until an NXT person wins a Rumble... You just know that they're basically cannon fodder in there. You know that they're gonna. This is a good showcase for them, but they're not winning the match. There were some surprise eliminations early. It just felt like you could count the people that would actually be relevant to win that match on one hand. Now, was this rumble limited by John Cena's injury? I don't know what role he would have played. It was announced early in the day he wouldn't compete because of an injury. So. Did that throw a huge wrench into everything? That's possible, but personally, I don't think he was going to win anyways, but could he have been a bigger spot? That's certainly a possibility. And I just felt like this match was a little bit underwhelming. I think that they did get a good pick with Seth Rollins, but I knew there was a couple things that needed to be addressed. And one thing that I, I saw on Twitter last night was a lot of people didn't like the Nia Jax uh, input into the match and I did not have any problem with it I thought she did very well I think it was more her placement in the match that I think if I had to say anything would have been done differently would have been the placement first of all one thing I didn't like about both matches is you knew who number 30 was with Carmel and R-Truth and I and I didn't like that because 30 is usually a nice surprise pick and it usually can get a big pop whether it's a boo with Roman Reigns or a big cheer like John Cena so I, I feel like the 30 is kind of there's anticipation building. And that, there was no anticipation this year because you knew who both 30s were going to be. Now, if you remember a couple years ago, Karma came in and did something similar with Michael Cole getting him out. And I thought that was well done. I think the reason I think people were more frustrated was because this was at the very end of the match. If Nia Jax had come in, let's say, 17, 18 or in the middle of the match, had an elimination or two and then was eliminated... I think people would have been more okay with it. I think it's the fact that it was the last pick in the draft. I mean, not the draft. The last pick in the in the Rumble. And more importantly, it was in the part of the match that was the most serious. Because after 30, that's it. That's everything. Like That is the most serious point of the match. In the middle, you can have some silly shenanigans like with Hornswoggle in the women's match. You can have that fun stuff with Titus O'Neil running up to the ring and stopping. You can have all that fun stuff, but... When you hit 30, I think fans, their mindset goes, oh, this is fun too. Okay, this is serious. This is who's left is who's going to WrestleMania. So I think that that that's why people were more upset than anything. I, I think if you put Jax earlier, it would have worked better. But I still think it was a cool moment. I still think she did incredibly well. 
But sometimes it's one of those things in a story, just because you can have a twist doesn't necessarily mean you need one. But overall in the match, one thing that I really don't like is sometimes I think WWE, because the storyline works really well, they keep using it over and over again until the point where it's like, okay, can we think of something else? Can we stop with the guy getting laid out like Seth Rollins on the announce table and basically sitting on the side for 30 minutes? Uh, can we stop that? I, I, It's worked well a couple times, but it's getting to the point where it's really overused, and I think it takes a little bit away from him because you look at like Shawn Michaels, Rey Mysterio, they were in those matches for a long time, and it was impressive. And just sitting on the side, and my favorite was the announcer saying, well, we, I forgot about Seth Rollins. So really, he's laying at your feet. Kind of hard to believe that. But I think the other thing, too, like I don't mind them going through the middle ropes and the outside stuff. I, I personally, I'd rather have the action be in the ring. But I, I just don't like that gimmick where, you know, Braun Strowman's out for five, ten minutes, and even Seth Rollins, then you could tell the longer he's out there, you're like, okay, he's going to win this match. It, it kind of takes away the tension because we've seen this so many times, even with Brock Lesnar in a title match where he goes to the back because he's injured, and then all of a sudden, when it's right at the end, he runs through and gets the final pin. And I know it's hard to come up with new ideas, but sometimes when you keep using them over and over and over again, it not only loses luster, but just gets frustrating. It's like, okay, really? We're, we, we can tell what's going to happen. And my biggest thing with this match is I think Seth Rollins is a good pick. Um, I think of all the men, he has the best storyline going forward. You know, he's been motivated to basically take Raw and be the guy, and I think he will be, and I think he has put himself, look, he's a Grand Slam champion. I think he's going to be the guy, the face of this organization for a long time. But more importantly, he's the architect, and I think it adds to a good storyline for Brock Lesnar, not only because he won with Money in the Bank, but he's the architect. He's smart. He's sophisticated. He can think of a strategy. And I think using that strategy against Heyman and Brock Lesnar could be very fascinating how he goes about that. But one thing I said before this Royal Rumble was they have to use Braun Strowman well. And one of the things I said in the preview podcast is I had him winning the Royal Rumble match. And I had him going to WrestleMania, but I didn't have him win the belt. And the reason I had that, that was because, number one, it just felt wrong because WWE has refused to put him over when he's been red hot. They continue to just throw him out there and lose big title match after title match. And it just feels like the timing's off now, like the window's passed. And for me, after that Royal Rumble last night, I say the window has closed. And if you do put the belt on Braun Strowman, eventually it's going to feel... Like, it's almost just like, oh, well, we just need to give you the belt finally. And here's the reason why. I said the best way to put Strowman over, and even if he lost, and I didn't mention this on the podcast, but I was thinking about this. If you had Strowman, let's say, enter at six or seven and eliminated 10 or 11 guys, then you could have him be a loser in that match, but still look really good. And I understand, like I've prefaced this by saying this earlier in the episode, it's very difficult for the Royal Rumble because you're trying to tell multiple storylines within a match that's had a lot of moving parts. But when he came in at 27, the number that were the most Royal Rumble winners have had, I think a lot of people were saying, okay, he could win. And he, he wasn't bad in the match, but he wasn't dominating like I thought he could be. 
And it just felt like when he was eliminated last night that that was the end of the Braun Strowman for the world title picture. I, I, I Could he get into a rivalry with Baron Corbin? Maybe. To me, I think the best thing for Braun Strowman would be to try to contend for the Intercontinental Championship, build him up that way. We've seen him with the big show in the past, you know, really dominate. And I think that's going to how you build him up back into the main title picture if you really want him to be is if you have him have a really long intercontinental reign in a dominant reign it puts him in that conversation because right now he's lost big match after big match and it's just it just doesn't feel right that he should get an opportunity anymore because he just keeps losing and I know that there's been stipulations about that but I think fans are smart to that. Fans understand that. I think fans can sense the momentum. And with Braun, it just feels like he's more sideshow now than serious title contender, unfortunately. And I think that's unfortunate because last year he was red hot and deserved a title shot and a title reign and never got it. So it'll be interesting to see how they use Braun Strowman going forward. I think the Intercontinental picture wouldn't be bad. I still think the I think the biggest missed opportunity last year could have been the tag team titles, which he relinquished right after WrestleMania. And it and it felt like even last year, like that was kind of a little bit the beginning of the end because I thought that could have been a fascinating title run because we'd never seen that. I was thinking one of two things. Either he defends the belts by himself and is his own tag team champion, which could be fascinating and basically in a handicap match and makes him look good when he wins, or... Maybe not get a random fan out of the crowd every night, but you he could have brought in a young talent or a young guy onto the main roster for a match or two, really introduce and That could have been a great way to introduce new people to the roster, new talent, and kind of get a gauge of who would work and who wouldn't work. I mean, there were so many possibilities, and they're just a couple days after, like, oh, you know, can't have these matches because, you know, you're partners with a kid and he has homework. Just was really a letdown, and it just feels like with – Strowman, it's been a letdown. And I felt, like I said, the women's match, Charlotte lost that match, but damn, she looked good. She was dominant. She was. She looked like she was kicking people's heads off. And you're saying to yourself, even if she doesn't win this match, my God, she's put herself in position to compete for a championship. Braun Strowman came in at 27, and instead of throwing out half the ring in one fell swoop, it was like, okay, he's in the ring. Okay, a good elimination. He wasn't bad, but when you think of Braun Strowman, you think of him coming in like in that tag team Royal Rumble last year and literally just throwing teams all over the place. And that didn't happen. And when Seth Rollins, the longer he's on the outside, you just got the feeling, okay, he's going to win the Royal Rumble. And it's not bad. I do think you could have had a worse person to pick it. Uh, I think Rollins, one reason I would have held off on Rollins would have been the following, and I know it's a weird reasoning, but to me, he is the Swiss Army knife of the WWE, and I think if you had held off a month, you could have gotten a better gauge of where he was needed the most. I mean, when you look, when the Intercontinental picture wasn't great, they put him in there, he stabilized that division and made that belt relevant. When the you when the Universal Championship the first time through with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns when that picture didn't look good they put him into the WWE title picture worked well when they needed an interjection to the tag team picture put him in there it worked well so I get it because if he's a Grand Slam champion it adds another big piece to his resume it's great and I think it adds to his face of the company 
But the only reason I would have held off and maybe given it to someone else would be he's so good and so popular, you could have put him in any picture in a month. And if you say, well, the tag titles for WrestleMania isn't looking good, we could put him in that division. The Intercontinental picture looks a little bit murky. We could put him there. Even in the Universal Championship, you could have found a way to put him into a triple threat match. I just feel like there were so many more opportunities. He's the Swiss Army Knife. You put him anywhere, he makes it better. And that's a rare thing to find in this company. So that's the one reason I would have possibly held out with Rollins. But overall, great show. I don't think people were disappointed with the endings. I don't think people were disappointed with the Ultimate Champions of the Rumble. I do think that the women had a better night. I think there were losers, like I said earlier, had great storylines going forward. And I feel like their division is more fleshed out right now about where they're going toward WrestleMania. I think the men's division is a little bit murkier. I think Braun Strowman just feels like the book on his universal title shots has closed for the time being. It opens up a great possibility for Seth Rollins. And once again, head scratcher in the Dale Bryan match, but knew he was going to keep the belt because he's been a great heel. And on the Raw side, you knew Brock Lesnar wasn't going to lose the belt. But the big question is what happens to Finn Balor now, who really had the most momentum in the company. Now that's been kind of squashed. Let's see where it goes from there. So a lot of great storylines moving forward to, and we'll keep you up to date only on Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest content. But until next time, I'm Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.